Great to have you coming here on the EFTM Podcast. Travel along with you. And each and every time we chat, just remember you can get in touch. Just go to the website EFTM.com. Click on Ask Trevor. Lots to get through this show. I'm going to try and get to more callers. Maybe I talked too much last time. I don't know. Um, maybe I'm biting off more than I could chew by saying I should talk to a couple of interviews every week. Um, but I want to get to a point where there's a couple of interviews, but one of them isn't just tech. So we'll talk cars, we'll do other stuff. So I'm trying to create that format, but also get a lot of calls in. So if you are looking for what's happening in tech this week, Two Blokes Talking Tech is the place to get that. Right, Stephen and I will sit down and chat for 30 to 60 to 90 minutes, who knows, about all the stories of the week. I'll cover some of them here, but Really, that's where you get your tech news. This is where you get your, your engagement with, with what's happening in tech and learn something from people that have issues and ask me questions and I hopefully answer them or find them some form of response. That helps us all learn and that's the great thing about this show and the format that we have. I'm going to talk uh, today to uh, some really cool people. I'm going to talk to John Parker, the Chief Network Engineering Officer from the NBN about what's happening with the NBN and frankly, give some bloody credit where credit's due. It's worked well. <laughs> it's gone okay. There's a bunch of people still waiting to connect. Ah, that would be so frustrating to be this far down the end of the list. Um, but there's a bunch of, there's millions, tens, 10 million um, or 11 million homes now uh, available on the network. And I think six or seven million connected. We'll go through the numbers uh, with John a little later in the show. Uh, we have a bunch of calls lined up. Some we'll get to, some we won't. We're also going to talk streaming. Uh, with Julian Ogren, the boss of Binge, also the boss of KO. Um, so all of those things to get through. But there was a fun little story we just published. Uh, Daniel wrote this one, and it is at EFTM.com already. Uh, I, I, I wanted this on the website because I actually think it is a bloody good idea. Select your preferred driver in a cab app. Now, just hear me out here for a minute. This may sound snobbish, but I really don't think it is. I think this happens to a lot of people. You're in a cab. Maybe you're a regular traveler to the airport. Maybe you, you take a reasonable route regularly to work or something, and, and it's via cab. And, you know, you call a cab. They come. They're, they're late. They're early. They're whatever. And sometimes there's just an awesome driver. You know, clean, friendly, ca clean cab, friendly driver, and, you know, good driver generally. And you think, geez, mate, you, can I just call you directly now instead of calling the cab company? And they often have a card. Because that's what they do. They're, they're a driver for hire. But when you're in the app world, Uber, like, good luck getting the same driver ever again. I did get some stats once from Uber, and it did show me that I have had a couple of repeat drivers. But one three cabs, which is essentially the cab industry, outside of the GM cabs group who operate in, what's that? What's their app called? Rome or, anyway, the, the London cab mob. Um, one three cabs is pretty much all the other cabs. They, they've got a good app. I've, I've said all along it's a good app. It's not bad at all. They've really embraced the whole thing. And they've, uh, it's just, you know, sometimes it's a bit late to the party. It, it's like you've done a good job, but is it too late? I don't know. Maybe they've still got a fighting chance here. But this is their new feature. It's called Preferred Driver. So you've, you've had a ride with someone. You finished the ride. You paid the bill. Blah, 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 blah. You come back into the app 
And you click on that driver and you say, you know what, that's a preferred driver. And it actually lists them as a preferred driver. You can save up to five drivers for each city you visit. So hopefully, because obviously you're rolling the dice, they may not be on call, they might not be on duty, whatever. But this is the kind of thing that will keep the cab companies alive. I think it's very smart. So good on them for that. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Now thinking about it, it's been a long time since I've been in a cab. I just Uber anywhere. You know, when I get a cab, um, if I am catching it, like if I travel, <laughs> remember those days? Um, and I catch a train back to Hornsby. I'm about 15 minutes from Hornsby Station. I will walk out and walk to the cab rank. If I stop at any train station along the way, uh, along kind of the northern line, I'll just get an Uber. But because there's a cab rank there and because they're, they're all pretty much local too, they often just loiter locally, um, you know they're going to know where you are. So that's when I get a cab. But maybe, just maybe, we should be all pushing our support behind the cabbies. And because they're getting on board, because the app is actually, you know, embracing this. And, and during COVID, they've, they've done a lot too. They've, they've had this, uh, like, courier-style pickup thing. If you need something picked up, just send a 1-3 cab and all that kind of stuff. So good on them for that. Good on them for thinking outside the box, and um, you'll find those details uh, at eftm.com. Lots to get through, lots of calls, and all those things uh, to cover here on EFTM. But most importantly, can you tell your friends? Can you can you jump on? Actually, a couple of things. Let's be honest. Housekeeping. Can you jump back onto iTunes if you're using iTunes and leave a rating? Uh, because after a couple of years, you could do that. So if you're back. Leave a rating, leave a review, and it'll be great to hear from a bunch of people. So just do me the favour, take a bit of time there and do that for me. Um, that'd be awesome. Uh, and also just tell your friends. Um, it's kind of like letting them know you listen to a cool radio show or something, you know? But it's a podcast, very easy to, to share. So look for the share icon in the podcast app and actually tell your friends. Come on. Share it on Facebook. Tag me. Tag uh, at Trevor Long. Um, I mean, it's tagging on Facebook's rubbish. But try. Try and tag, tag Trevor Long. Try and tag uh, EFTM. And uh, and if you're sharing it on Twitter or anywhere else, um, share a screenshot of the app, whatever. Just something. Insta- Instagram is Trevor Long AU. Uh, Facebook and Twitter is just Trevor Long. Hit us up. Let us know you're listening. And let us know that you're, you're willing to share it because that's a really nice thing to do. Especially now I've got this pumped motivation to get right back into it. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening. Uh, Trevor along with you uh, each and every episode here, taking your calls uh, and helping you with any problems you've got, of course, and talking the latest tech gadgets and everything else in between. G'day, Merv. Yeah, hi, Trevor. How are you? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for good. you? Uh, just a question. I've heard um, on different sources and on through the internet about how you can improve the uh, um, the internet coming into your house um, by increasing the throttling. So apparently the ISPs throttle you down at different times to share everything. Um, but I just want to know whether there is any product on the market that can um, can help. Look, um, I don't believe anything you read on the internet except for FTM.com. No, joking. Um, one of the things that spreads like wildfire are um, kind of really fun, amazing gadgets that do amazing things that we all wish they could do. So I'll give you another example before I get to yours. There's a there's an ad that's been going around. I don't think it's out there much anymore for an antenna that can pick up hundreds of channels. 
Um, and you think, wow, I must be able to get pay TV. Now, what it is, it's actually just a normal TV antenna that we have here in Australia. But in America, they don't use antennas. They pay for TV like on a much higher percentage than we do. So this is basically them saying, here's an antenna that picks up all the free-to-air channels. So the thing about Wi-Fi boosting is it's a, it's a notion close to all our hearts. You know, you want the best speed you can get. There's no throttling going on from your ISP. There's no box you can put on your on your modem or that, that makes the internet come into your home faster. The internet coming into your home comes in at the speed which is possible via your NBN connection. So if you've got fibre to the node and you live a long way from the node, it's not going to be as good as if you've got fibre to the home. But that said, you know, a good modem can be better than a bad one. But I've never found a modem, which is just the little black box that comes from your ISP, I've never found a modem to make any great difference to the speed of the internet coming into the home. The issue is the speed of the internet within your home. So the Wi-Fi network. So let's say you're sitting over on the lounge, two rooms away from the modem. Internet, you're getting a speed of 20, whereas at the modem, you're getting 90. That can be improved with boxes you can buy. So where is the problem in your home in terms of internet, do you think? Um, well, one, I think it's the number of um, units that we run. Right. So you're um, in a unit complex? So- no, no, we're, we're in a house. Oh, you mean units in your house, the things that you've got? Yeah, so the number of uh, devices, the number of devices. Are you on the NBN? Yeah, we are. And do you know what technology NBN you have? Uh, well, we're with um, IINet, uh, their uh, 50 plan. So yep. it talks about giving you uh, uh, 43 um, megabytes per second and, during peak time. And have you done any speed tests Plugged into the modem? Not plugged into the modem, just doing it on the one of the laptops that you know in the lounge room. Yeah. So that what obviously what what here's yeah. here's what you need to do to get a true indication of what IINet are doing um, for you. You need to you need to plug a computer into your modem. Now, if you don't have a cable or a computer that has a plug, because obviously there are some that that, that these days you know just purely wireless. Um, the the thing you need to do is sit really 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 close. Um, yep. Basically, the closer you are to the modem, the 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 better the Wi-Fi. The further you get away from the modem, the worse the Wi-Fi. So sit next to the modem with that laptop, and go to speedtest.net. And run a few speed tests. And when I say a few, run five or six. Um, and yep. run them at midday, run them at midnight, run them at 7 p.m. And they'll be slightly different to each other. But broadly, you should be getting, if you're on the 50 plan, you should be getting between about 42 and 46 any given part of the day. And the worst time should be at night between about 8 and 10 p.m. That, that's, that's the speed of the internet coming into your home. That's the thing your internet provider can do something with. That's where you say, look, um, you know, can you bump me up to the 100 plan? Bingo, you'll get faster speeds. But if you then go and sit on the couch and do that same thing, speedtest.net, you'll find you're probably only getting 15, 20. Yeah, that's right. Maybe 25. That's your Wi-Fi network, okay? But I, I need to be very clear. If you're getting 25 on the lounge and you sit next to the modem and you're getting 25, no Wi-Fi network's going to help you. It's that's your right. internet speed that you need to talk to Ionet and say what the hell are you doing? I'm not getting anywhere near what you're suggesting, and that's when they'll do some troubleshooting, um, testing, and maybe send a tech out to check the lines and things. 
if it is the case that you're getting 40 odd uh, next to the modem and 20 odd in the in the lounge room, then you need what we call a mesh Wi-Fi system, and they are not cheap. 400, 500, 600 bucks, depending on which one you get and how well it works. But, mate, unbelievable game changer for your Wi-Fi network. And trust me, I've been saying this. People that have been listening for, you know, seven, eight years know I've been saying this for a long time. And I've never had someone ring back and go, no, it was rubbish, didn't work. Never. So the investment is well worth it, especially if you've got large numbers of devices, as you say, on the network. So my recommendation, uh, because they sponsor my other podcast, is Netgear Orbi, um, but Google Wi-Fi, D-Link Cover, Linksys VLOP. You'll you'll know you're getting a mesh system because it'll be multiple boxes in one. So one of them plugs into your existing modem, and the other boxes get plugged into PowerPoints throughout your home, um, and they create they talk to each other, and they create one big dome of Wi-Fi. And, mate, you'll be smashing it. Okay, then. All right. So I can do some testing. Get some testing and uh, and then decide what you're going to do in terms of spending some money. <laughs> okay, thanks very much. Andrew. Good on you, mate, and thanks for getting okay. in touch. All right. Thank you. Bye. And you can get in touch as well, just like Merv did. Uh, just go to the website, EFTM.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Let's keep going with calls. Uh, EFTM.com is the place to go to send me an email. G'day, Lou. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you? Listen, I'm having trouble um, trying to get Eurosport with all these uh, free streaming stations on there. Um, it's a little bit confusing. They say go to Apple TV uh, or go to uh, Fetch or go to Netflix. Yeah. Look, it's so confusing. I don't know how to do it. What do you want to watch, mate? What are you after? Eurosport. That's all I want. It's yeah, but mate, Eurosport what's on Eurosport? Station. You have to be a you have to be a nutbag for something specific to want Eurosport. Oh, I love the snooker, mate. Snooker. I love the snooker. Oh, mate, I was, hell. A, I was an Australian champion when I was twenty one really? years old. Yeah, mate. I, I met I met I met Eddie Charlton. I was just going to say back in the Eddie Charlton days. You reckon? Bloody hell! Yeah, I've got his cue. I've got his cue. No. So. Uh, there you go. Yeah, all signed and everything. Well, mate, and I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you a snooker story. Um, two things. Uh, firstly, I got a, uh, one of my great mates from high school who, geez, we did we worked together for many many years. Adam Wyard, who lives in Perth now, does a lot of stuff for snooker organisations. He built snooker scoring things. He's a snooker. Uh, you call them referees, not umpires. Uh, I think. Um, so uh, mass- reps, yeah. massive into the sport. So if you ever come across Adam Wyard, say good day from me. Um, I will. But the other one was he and I once went to the City Tattersalls Club in the city of Sydney, and uh, you know for lunch. I think he was there as a member, or his dad was, or something. And I was working in the city. I went along to uh, to play, you know, during lunch. Had a you know steak sandwich or something, and I'm sitting there, and I'm a, I'm a gibbera. It's all over the table, mate. I'm not hitting a black. I'm not hitting a red. I'm not hitting anything. And uh, and this lovely old lady, she would have been made 85 at least, comes up to me and she goes, you know, it's all about geometry, love. Like, it's all, it's it all about the it angles. Is. And I went, listen, I know. I'm just not very good at it. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Um, so, Eurosport, did you, did you used sport. to have, do you have Foxtel or something? Is that how you used to watch the snooker? Yes. Um, um, I've got Foxtel. Yeah. Um, and uh, look, I've got uh, Amazon, I've got Netflix, Bloody hell. Uh, I've got all these stations, and yeah. yet now here I've got to go and get Fetch. So here's what here's what I want to say to you. You need to think 
about your entire viewing habit here because, mate, don't pay for Fox Hill if they don't have the thing you want. But if there's other stuff there you want, great. But remember, you can get KO Sports for 25 which has all the Fox Sports channels. You can now get Binge for 10 bucks, which is all, all the other Fox content. But do they have Eurosport? Well, hang on, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm just oh, trying sorry. to save you sorry. some money first. I want to save you some money first. So you might be able to get rid of that Foxtel box and save yourself some cash. What are you spending every month on Foxtel? Over $100. Wow. Mate, you need to rationalise. Okay. So then you need to go and buy Fetch TV. Now, that's 169 bucks for the Fetch Mini. Okay? Little tiny box. Yep. Uh, it is awesome. Plugs into your HDMI port of your TV like the Foxtel does. Uh, if you've got a spare one, just plug it in there. Um, it uh, You can plug your antenna in it and, and get your free-to-air channels. But then you pay a $1 fee. $1. And it opens up a whole world of extra things on that one box. Firstly, you can rent and buy movies. No drama at all. You can subscribe to other streaming packages. So they have, like Foxtel, pay TV channels in packs. Like 20 bucks gets you heaps of them. But critically, you can choose Eurosport on its own, nothing else, $8.99 a month. So um, I can't buy a box for 169. Correct. Is the mini box okay? Mini box is fine. I've and I've All checked right. this with Fetch. 100. percent I've checked it. You buy a mini box from Harvey Norman. 169 dollars. You set it up. You pay one dollar in the account setup. So they've got your credit card on file, basically. Yep. Yep. And then, and then you can just choose the Eurosport channel. And mate, if you use it for nothing else, then you're, you're done. You, you've got Eurosport in your home on a good quality stream. But that box. Just- can also be used to watch your Netflix. It can also be used to subscribe to other channels and things as well. Well, the main thing with Fo- uh, I need Foxtel because when the AFL resumes, well, they're the only one that um, covers the AFL. Mate, you, you can. How are you watching Netflix at the moment? Uh, uh, what uh, the AFL? No, Netflix. How are you watching Netflix and Amazon Prime on your phone, on your TV, where? Our TV, our TV. On Apple TV, on Chromecast? No, I've got a Samsung TV, but there's uh, the Apple Apple TV apps on there. Okay. I mean, I can... You know what else is on there, on that Samsung TV? K-O, K-A-Y-O. Right. K-O, for 25 bucks a month, gives you all the Fox Sports channels. Joking. Yeah. All these streamline that are coming in so quickly. Yeah. Now, now we've got the, the Amazon Fire Stick. You know, that's another new concept. That people by age, we're, we're, we're getting lost in the time. We're getting left back. I understand. You know? and, and Lou, we don't know. That's what I'm here for. So I want you to take on the challenge over the next month to completely rationalise your viewing. You've got a great Samsung TV, obviously. It's pretty new. A couple of years Eight, at, at best. 80 months, yeah. Um, so it, I want, you've got the Disney app. Uh, you've, sorry, you've got the Amazon app. You've got the Netflix app. I want you to get the Stan app. I want you to get the KO app. Uh, down the track, it'll be a couple of months, there'll be a Binge app, which is another streaming service, which has a lot of the, the TV shows that, that Foxtel has had. But most importantly, the KO app. K-A-Y-O. Y-O, yeah. K-A-Y-O. You sign up to that and pay 25 bucks. You go to Harvey Norman and get a, or wherever and get a fetch box, $169. Don't worry about your telco. Um, just buy it directly from, from Harvey Norman or somewhere. And then you sign up to Eurosport, and then you ring Foxtel and say, thanks very much, I'm done, I'm good, I, I don't need you anymore. You're saving over $100 a month, and, and in a month or two you've paid back the cost of the fetch, and you've still got all the content through all those great services. Okay, here's one more last question, yep. if you don't mind. You're right. Uh, um, my provider... 
Um, now, does Telstra, because I need a provider, naturally. Yep, you've got to be on the and internet. I've, that box doesn't yep. work. None of these things work without the internet. Yep. So um, do uh, does this uh, fetch box go through Telstra or not? You, because apparently every time when I go on the internet, it only goes through Primus and, and certain other providers but it does and Optus, but it doesn't go through Telstra. And, and I, I see what you're seeing, but here's how I'll explain it. What happens is all those other telcos are able to make the fetch box available to you on a monthly plan. So Aussie Broadband, who I'm with, if I wanted to, for 10 bucks a month or something like that, they'll give me a fetch box, right? I don't even need to pay the $169, but I'm essentially paying it over the course of time. So all you're doing is buying it up front, and then you've got the freedom to be on any telco. But remember, the more you watch on the internet, on these streaming services, the more internet you're going to use, so your Telstra connection or any internet provider needs to have enough data to cope with that. So just make sure that you've got, hopefully, unlimited internet bandwidth. Yeah, I have. I do. Mate, you'll be sweet. Um, you'll be sweet. Okay. All right. Well, I guess now my next step is to go see Harvey Norman. Go see Harvey. <laughs> get your fetch box. Pay your $1 uh, admin fee in the box when you set it up. Get your Eurosport. And then in a month, I want to hear back from you when you're saving big bucks because you've rationalised all your viewing. Will do. I thank you. Thank you very much for ringing me back. My pleasure, mate. Good on you. And uh, if you've got a question, it doesn't matter how complex, it doesn't matter how silly you think the question is, I promise you other people are thinking the same thing. So uh, thank you to Lou. Thanks for getting in touch. And you can get in touch. Just go to the website, eftm.com. Well, if there's one thing that we all rely on more than anything right now, it's the internet. I mean, work from home. School from home, the uh, the at-home lifestyle has been a, a cracker over the last few months for good and for bad, but there's one thing that has underpinned it all, uh, and that is the internet. And for most of it, that means the NBN. And I don't think we should discount, frankly, the success that has been the COVID crisis from an, a connectivity point of view. And um, to talk about that and to talk about the NBN in general, I'm joined by Chief Network Engineering Officer from the NBN, John Parkin. G'day, John. Hi, Trevor. How are you? Mate, really well. appreciate you, you being with me. And I, it's, it's weird because I actually were, I requested this chat before I knew that you were going to release some information today. Fascinating information you have um, that, that essentially tells us that work from home is something everyone's going to be considering going forward because it's done so well. It's worked so well. Yeah, we, we've we've undertaken a work from home survey and um and, and we've had some really interesting results that have come through. So if I just throw a couple of stats at you, Trevor, we had um eighty-one percent of the respondents to that survey have said that the experience of working from home has positively um changed the way they think about managing work life flexibility. And um and all of those who have been in this lockdown state working from home probably can attest to that, how different our world has become, but still be able to be productive with work. Um, 67% of the people who completed the survey said that they expect to work from home more after the COVID-19 crisis has ended. So, you know, they're working with companies who are enabling and now considering, you know, how do we work from home? What footprint do we traditionally need um, in our in our work premise and how different will that be? So you know, that's a really strong theme there. And 81% of, um, of those who responded agreed that access to fast broadband um, had made them feel more secure in their jobs uh, during the COVID crisis. And so, um, and, 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 you know, some of them went on to say as well, and there's a 
is just another number of 83% had agreed that they could not have completed their jobs uh, without fast in, uh, fast uh, internet access. And so, you know, so that there's a there's this overwhelming um, sense that COVID has taught us as a working community as well, with the right platforms in place, surely we can work from anywhere in this modern digital world, Trevor. And you know what else it's taught us? And I'm going to read to you a tweet I just got because, as you well know, I'm, I love a good uh, debate on the internet and we won't go into the details of it, but I've been having yeah. a debate about the internet today and the NBN always comes up. And, and the point I've made is... This is a network, the broadband network, that has enabled Australians to work from home in a time of great crisis. And I just don't see the kind of credit where credit's due kind of going around here. And I'd have like random, I actually don't think I've ever engaged with him before. Jim uh, has tweeted me saying, 100% correct, Trevor. Credit where credit is due. The NBN has coped well during COVID. The traffic would have been extreme. He says, I run an IT business. Not one NBN-related call-out in the last two months. The only calls were Zoom setups, conference mics, cameras, and streaming mixes. I mean, it's been an overwhelming success. Yeah, it's been amazing. We, um, we, we've we seen, just in terms of the traffic, Trevor, we, if I just look at um, pre-COVID era, you know, we've seen around an 80% increase in the overall traffic. And, in fact, last week, last Tuesday, uh, we had um, the downstream peak on the network at 14.56 terabits. And uh, and it, that previously, uh, our high had been 13.98. Both of them were associated with the Call of Duty patch being released. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, last week we had Call of Duty and the Fortnite game. And so... Um, and so the network coats perfectly, and you know we've been delighted with um, with the whole, the way that the whole network has performed through this crisis. And you know I, I think I do reflect from someone who's been had a lifelong career in telco. Um, when you um, when we're connecting in through video means, and you see people who are on still on traditional ADSL services, Trevor, you know the stark <laughs> difference in the experience from someone who's actually connected to the MBN platform. And I think that uh, the other thing that I've done, John, is is look at it and go, if this happened five years ago. If this happened 10 yeah. years ago, we, we simply could not have done this work from home. It would have been okay. There would have been some, you know, here's, here's and there's, but we would have relied much more on the mobile network. And, and that, frankly, has more chance of falling over than the NBN ever ever would have. And I think that's, that's what we need to think about is we need to think about the fact that this has taken a long time, the NBN, to get to this near completion point. But we as a country now have this connectivity en masse. And that's essentially what the NBN was built for. Yeah, exactly. I, um, you know, we're we're nearing the um, final phase of the major construct now, and that'll be completed next month. We've um, currently got 11.3 million premises where that network now passes. We've got seven over seven million customers connected onto the MBN, and we had a couple of uh, recent milestones. We one million of those are business customers, right. and 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 last week we um, we had our hundred thousandth um, satellite customer connect to the network as well. So um, so even during the COVID era. We've been powering on with um, not only completing the construction, but also connecting customers as well. And, um, you know, we're still connecting customers around 30,000 a week, Trevor. Mm -hmm.
other and it's um you know so um and through the whole covid era um we've made sure that um, our priority has been to service customers who've who've had a fault um and, and importantly re, re, uh, continue the connection process um and so our field teams have been working right throughout this uh, this whole crisis which has been fantastic you know just quickly on the satellite thing uh, a, a personal uh, reflection you know, my mum lives in the middle of nowhere uh in new south wales and she had bugger all internet in her place which is a pub and uh and it was always fascinating to me because i loved going there because there was no mobile service and frankly no internet it was it was a non time of non-connectivity for me but obviously the nbn became available and we put the the satellite on and it's been an absolute game changer for her for us as we visit for customers at the pub because it's only 25 down five up but my yeah. goodness that's 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 mind-blowing out there my mum was able to make video calls. I was able to drive to my mum a device called the Facebook portal, which is basically a video calling phone. And during this crisis, my mum's been able to make video calls to her grandkids who she's not allowed to see, essentially. So I think it's those kind of connectivity stories that that really are actually bigger and more important than the work from home that are being buried by the work from home. And it's a fascinating part of of the NBN network overall, John. Yeah, it is. And... um and you know, Trevor, there's some fantastic stories like that out there, and um, and you know that isn't that the part of the digital platform as well to connect to all of Australia yeah. and all Australians as well. So it's fantastic to hear that. And you know, what we've also been able to do as well is beyond just working from home, is schooling from home as yes. well. So as the kids reti- as the kids couldn't go to school, and and they use the MBN platform, um, we've been able to enable that. And um, and in fact, yesterday we saw New South. South Wales and Queensland um, kids return to school. Um, coincidentally, we saw a 10% drop in the traffic on the network yesterday, Trevor. Just <laughs> right. that. And um, and then we saw the traffic still lower at 3:30 at 5%, 5% lower. And then come the evening hour, traffic was back to normal. So you could see the kids were back online, Trevor. Yesterday. <laughs> now uh, you talk about the. We've talked about the success, and we've talked about um, you know the the, the the plan for work from home going forward, but. What, what have you learnt from this period? Because, you know, it's the, it's the perfect time to challenge the network as well, which is what we've done at all times of the day. What has the, what has the business uh, learnt about its network and potentially where it needs to provision and scale for the future, uh, given this, this crisis and what it's shone a light on? Yeah, we've, um, you know, we've learnt a lot. We've, um, we've, we always have been very disciplined in our, in our modelling of traffic, you know, we expect traffic to double every four years, but obviously we've dealt with this exponential growth through COVID. Um, we've learnt an enormous amount from other telcos around the world, and we, in the very early stages of COVID, particularly with with um, companies like Telecom Italia, we were benchmarking what we potentially could see as our traffic spikes. Um, and now we've got we know, we now understand that more ourselves. Right. So what what it's allowed us to do is to really have a good um, insight in how we build capacity for the future, where we um, also have hinge points in the network as we interface with um, uh, the retail service providers or internet providers. Mm-hmm. And so one of the um, 
one of the great things that we've done through this whole period is we've collaborated very strongly with the with the major internet service providers to uh, ensure not only is the MBN ready, but how ready are those uh, are those providers as well, so that customers as the end users have a very seamless experience when connecting with us. So huge learnings uh, in that area, and we've also last for me is that we 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 had to move five thousand people. Uh, of, of our employees to work from home and we did that within about five and six days mm-hmm. and so we've learned a lot about ourselves in the ability to still drive the performance of a of a very large company in a working from home environment and I can I can genuinely say is our performance has never been higher than it is right now Trevor so <laughs> some key learnings with that. Just on uh, the, the COVID scenario and what impact might it have had if, I mean, Netflix and Skype and others didn't kind of compress themselves or reduce their bit rates, because obviously that plays a role. We have to acknowledge that, you know, Netflix streaming and those kind of things are, are extreme at night. Yeah. And I, I wonder whether, you know, not that we wouldn't have coped, but I wonder whether that for that shadows or overshadows the, the, the network's performance, because people have, have rightly said to me, yes, but, you know, NBN's not the only one that did anything. You know, the, the, the network was benefited because, you know, bandwidth was reduced by those, those services. Yeah, we were we were very involved in that. Obviously, Europe led the way um, in terms of those discussions with Netflix and uh, those other over-the-top streaming providers. Um, and very early on, we we knew we we would have the benefits of them uh, of them reducing um, their codec. We um, that they are just now about to go back to 4K. And um, so and what we assess, Trevor, is that that will have around about an 8 to a 10% impact on the traffic flow mm-hmm. on the network. And so, you know, we're well prepared. We're, we'll absorb that. And um, and so we feel very comfortable in understanding uh, the impact of that change now on the network, for, and not just for now, but into the future as well. So then what about the future i mean let's just you know crystal ball here and this is planning for you not crystal ball for me but in a few years from now or even a year from now we've passed everyone where i guess there's some loose ends here and there but then we're at a point where that minimum standard becomes the the spotlight um you know fixed wireless i mean satellite is another whole issue but i guess fiber to the node is the biggest issue millions of homes are getting fiber to the node Uh, a small percentage of them are a long way from the node what's the upgrade path and, and does it exist in the roadmap or is it something to be determined and, I guess, how is it funded? Yeah, there's probably a couple of answers to that question. Firstly is um, our, first, our first focus, Trevor, is to complete uh, the primary build, which we will have done by the end of next month. We, we then still have... an organization that's focused on continuing to augment and improve our core networks and so we will continue to invest and um, NBN um, in its own right in terms of um, the revenue that NBN generates and its relationship with the government we will continue to invest prudently in scaling the scaling the network and obviously as you have uh, new developments, brownfields and greenfields across the country. That requires us also to make technology decisions for those areas as well, and we'll continue to do that. And NBN has also set up a specific focus on regional development. And so um, we have a whole team dedicated to work with um, with with regional councils, regional authorities, etc. in where do we um, invest, where do we co-invest to upgrade the network over time as 
as well. So you'll see a lot more of that from MBN in the future. Essentially, we've got to get the thing finished before we uh, radically start thinking too far into the future, even though that is part of the plan. Exactly. Perfect summary. Yeah, I mean, look, I I personally have had the, the best of experiences, and I think that most people generally, and this is, I guess, um, one of those funny things, people complain more than they compliment. And I think there's no doubt that the number of complaints about MBN has dramatically reduced over the last, I would say, 12 to 24 months. And I think that was because of a pivotal moment some time back when essentially you refocused the the customer relationship and the the communication process for telcos. Because it's a pain in the bum when the telcos still blame the NBN. And I think that's the biggest thing that needs to be stopped if it hasn't been already, uh, is is the blame game between telcos and, and the NBN. It's too easy to just say, oh, it's the NBN's fault from a telco's point of view. Yeah, I, I think, um, I, 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 as I said earlier, Trevor, I can't um, tell you how well we're now collaborating with the, with those retailers that provides all those telcos. And because, you know, the NBN is one part of the ecosystem to provide high-speed broadband. So, yeah. so we are reliant on customers also having the right speed and the right plan which they uh, they get from their um, their uh, internet service provider and, and then also there's the extension into the home as well getting your wi-fi network set up really well and um, you know we, we we have moved to a new age digital platform and so so there are occasions if you are if customers are struggling with um, their broadband speed at home then then having having their home assessed um, making sure that their Wi-Fi is set up properly and yeah. it's actually in the right location can make a massive difference to the experience. And, and those are the things that I deal with on a daily basis. But my my great thanks to your team who deal with me, essentially. Uh, poor buggers have to accept my my emails when I say, fix this person's problem. Uh, and most of the time, it, it turns out to be you know something we can resolve internally. But often, there's just a question about what's happening and, and what the roadmap is. And we appreciate the, the turnaround and support that we get from them. And, and I think, well done and congratulations to the t- whole team at MBN around the, the COVID crisis. Obviously, you can't have a have a have, have drinks because it'll be on the front page of the Telegraph, and I'm sure it'll be a nightmare. But you're, it's a well-deserved pat on the back, at the very least, for the team, uh, for the way uh, the network has coped during the COVID crisis. And uh, I appreciate you talking to us about it. It's my pleasure. Thanks very much for your time, Trevor. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening. Look, I do say, if you've got a question, if you've got a comment, reach out. Go to the website eftm.com. But some people, for you know, for good or for for bad, they they have more direct contact with me. Some people have my number and they hit me up on WhatsApp. One of those people is Jolly. Hey, Jolly. Trev. How are you, well, buddy? It's, what, it's, a, it's a bit of a throwback, isn't it? Isn't it? Jesus, actually, now you've got me thinking. So, uh, for those that are new to the show, um, because I was thinking about that the other week. Um, you know, there'd be people that have no idea what I'm talking about when I talk about your tech life. Um, because, you know, EFTM has been the, the kind of the way of doing things for many, many years now. But Jesus, mate, how far back, I'm going to do it now, how far back does Jolly go? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to roll the dice here, folks. Oh, we're going back to the emails. Do you even know? Well, I think it would be about 2010, and I reckon it would have been maybe about the PlayStation 3. Jeez, you've, you've, mate, there's, been, there's been a lot of tweets that you've been involved in, that's for sure. Oh, well, um, that's right. Uh, okay, Rob Jolliffe is now following you pest, on Twitter. Uh, that was in 2011. Here we go. Uh, 
Your Tech Life contact streaming box. I was looking at internet streaming boxes, but not sure which one will meet my needs, such as Boxy or Apple TV. I want to be able to watch movies, yada, yada, yada. Can you point me in the right direction? Rob. That was uh, October 2011. Um, there you go. Like, obviously, there's some chance that you've sent me something before then, but I would also argue you did appear on Your Tech Life as a caller many, many times. I did, I did, and and, he, and we've gone around the block and, and we've, we've travelled together and here we are back. We've travelled, we've been around the world a couple of times or maybe more. <laughs> <laughs> Seen the sights, we've had the lights on every foreign shore. How is it That's that I know right. the words to that song? I don't know. Uh, it's lovely to hear from you, Jolly. How um, how are you coping with the the very clear knowledge that you won't be going to Las Vegas in January? Well, I'm, I'm okay with it. I've, I've accepted the my fate but you know what i've got the memories so for people that don't know this is jolly uh jolly uh won australia's next tech blogger in 2018 was it yeah no, it was 2017 it, it would have been 2017 because off. you came to ces in 2018 yes we brushed you in 2019 and we called you back for 2020 well, um you, you, you there was something clearly missing from 2019 no, it was fine. There was no. <laughs> no, it was fine. Um, but uh, but you've been you've been a long time listener, long time supporter, and uh, and a mate for a very long time as well. I appreciate your your loyalty. But well, what do you? Th- I, I just I just wanted to say to you, it's good to have you back on the uh, in our ear holes, as you, as you've said before. <laughs> and um, I know it's been a, a bit of a journey between your tech life and where we are today. And I just think you know from. A lot of you got a lot, a lot of loyal listeners out there. Uh, you know, a few Robs and and whatnot, as uh, as well as many others. And and you're um, you've always been a the most approachable bloke that I've come across on the on the interwebs. And and for that, we should be all appreciative. And all, you know what? I feel do. I feel like the opposite of Alan Jones. Alan Jones, <laughs> Alan Jones, all week he's just got callers ringing up and saying we're going to miss you. But now I'm I'm back. You're welcoming me back. How good That's is right. it? No, it's good, it and um, it wasn't you. It was someone else that suggested the return of your tech life. But um, it, yeah, as soon as, as literally the minute that person, and I'm I'm just going to look it up now. I'm just going to do it right now, live. Um, the minute that person said, um, you know, what, why don't you just you know bring it back or whatever it was that he said, I went, well, hang on a minute. Well, that's a very good point. Why don't I just <laughs> why don't I just bring it back? It was Neil Lindley from Gosford. There you go. He, you know what? It was, it's funny because yeah, the coast is, is full of great people. Um, Neil has emailed and said, can I get the two blokes private feet? And and he, his next line was, I love the show, but would love to see a return of the Your Tech Life pod. And there it is. It's back, Neil. There you go. It's back. He, he, he asks, he receives. Yeah. Neil, you've got a lot to answer for, but it feels great. And the minute I thought of it, or I read that and I thought, you know what, I could just do that. The, I've been I've been pumped ever since and I'm sitting here. You know, it's funny. The other thing about this is technology-wise, um, the complexity of what I used to do. In fact, the complexity of last week versus this week. I've just plugged a mobile phone in this week and gone. It's better quality calls, easy to do. Um, yeah, it's just it's amazing if you look back at your tech life of many, many years ago. It was like a Tuesday night I'd record and it was all yeah. – I had to make Skype calls and – don't anyone suggest I go back to doing the live broadcast during the the editing? Do you remember? <laughs> do, oh, did, yeah. did you ever tune into that? I'd be drinking no, Ruskies, 
and playing music, and um, and then I would kind of put the show together live-ish. It was very weird. Okay, yeah, and there you go. Because I would play out the the, the callers anyway. Very strange. Jolly, lovely to hear from you. Uh, you're renovating the house, so you're but you've been to Bunnings, have you, mate? Been at Bunnings. Uh, we've made use of our isolation times, painting the house. We're putting a new kitchen. It's it's all go. I tell you, I've been looking just off topic. Well, not off topic, but on topic. Looking at you know retrofitting smart features yeah. i've been looking at the um the clips iconic they got a uh, a wiser app so i'm sort of just sort of researching that trying to work out how that there's not a lot of information on on how that exactly works so that's sort of my smart home what's, what's the hope with that what is it meant to do well i think you, with the switches in the wall you can you can use the app to dim dim your um your downlights um, have them on programs, you know, yeah. timers and, and the like. So, I just, I just not sure whether it's practical in 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 a, in a cost sense and whether it. It's definitely not. I can tell you right now. I don't know anything about it. It's not practical in a cost sense. None of it is. Never yeah. has been. But you know what? We fit. So we moved in uh, end of 2013. So we were kind of you know knocking out the the light switches and everything in our, our joint six years ago um, yep. and I put in Wemo switches Belkin Wemo switches now they don't even sell those anymore um, but they still work they're still good um, and yep. I can turn the bloody lights off from anywhere in the world and that's just on and off they don't even do all yeah. the other stuff uh, you've got to you got to pay extra for the simplicity the the routines you can do that simple thing where you go oh, boys you didn't turn your lights off and you're in the bloody uh, Hunter Valley on the weekend, and you click a button and they're off. So yes, it's worth it. Oh yeah, exactly right. Well, I'm doing it. It's something that's it could be beneficial in the long term. So, and doing the new kitchen as well. Uh, there's just um little things you just want to make it a little bit smarter than than, than normal. Anything smarter than you though. Well, they, yeah, <laughs> mate, the kitchen cupboards <laughs> are smarter than you. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> See, we can say that to each other, but other people listening are going, that's very rude. Yeah, um, but I, I've, imagine, imagine ringing your podcast and just getting abused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I've been, hey, I've been on the internet today, as you've seen. So, you know, yeah, yeah. shout out to Laurie Patton, who's kept me going all morning. Yeah, all right, good Jolly, you, good to hear from you. And, uh, and thanks for always being there, mate. You're a good man. Thanks, Doesn't matter what you want to uh, talk about. Just send me an email. EFTM.com. Jolly, you know what I nearly just did? I nearly said yourtechlife.com. Okay. That, oh. That's how, that's how ingrained memory. it all is to me. Yeah, muscle memory. <laughs> muscle memory. Talk to you soon, buddy. Yeah. All right, mate. See you, mate. See you, mate. Thank you for downloading. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you've got a question about tech, cars, lifestyle, whatever it is, jump on the website, eftm.com. G'day, Ben. Hi, Trevor. How's it going? Good, mate. Good. And what can I do for you? Um, so I'm currently using an old Galaxy S7, and I've always sort of stayed a couple of models behind picking them up outright. And I'm wondering what you think sort of the best pick at the moment in that oh, five to $700 range. Well, the other option I'm toying with is just stumping up the 950-odd and getting an S20 off the Samsung Education Store. Ah, oh, because you've got access to education bonuses and discounts, you lucky duck. Yep. Right. Well, so it's interesting. So your your strategy is buy outright so that you don't have the monthly costs and all those things 
And to ensure you're not spending two bloody grand or whatever, you just go a couple of generations back and, and it all works out nicely because you've got a reasonably good phone. Yep. Um, and it's also, it's an old phone, so it still feels like an upgrade. You still still feel yeah, it faster and absolutely. better spec. Well, see, I'm torn because I, I love what you're talking about in terms of the price bracket, but I have to go straight to the crux of the matter and say the basic S20. So obviously I'm not not talking about the S20 Plus and all that fancy you know big cameras and stuff, but still the basic S20 has an excellent camera. Normally 1,200 bucks, and you're getting it for nearly 900. Um, a, that's a great price because it's 1349 when it listed. It's already down at JB to 1200, and you're talking about getting it for nine something. Hot mate, that's a really good phone. It's a really really good phone, and the thing that you'll notice. <laughs> Most is the screen because it's that infinity display, as they call it. I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful screen. Personally, I wouldn't buy the S20 Ultra. I They, they sent it to me again this week because I was doing a 5G test. It's just a big, bulky, big thing. Whereas the S20 is a, just a great smartphone with all the smarts and lenses and stuff that you need. So I'm going to say to you straight up, if you can push to the 900 and something, no doubt at all, the S20 is a great buy. Totally. But to your question about, you know, seven ninety nine kind of below, um, mate, there are some really good options there. Even even the brand new Galaxy A seventy one, seven hundred and forty nine bucks. And that, mate, that's got an excellent screen. It'd be way better than what you got now. That'll be a step up from what you've got now. Um geez, far out. It's such a great price point to buy in. Uh, TCL Plex is a year old now. I'd probably wait for the 10 series to come out. So TCL, I got the 10 series. There's like four different phones that'll be staggered between 499 and 899. They'll be good. Um, but you're, you've had Samsungs, or have you had a multiple range? Oh, I had uh, I think two, uh, three Samsungs now and a HTC before that. All pretty much Android, though. Yeah, and you know, you've, so you've experienced other things. But look, you're in the Samsung world. It's not a bad thing to stay there. So A71 or S20 are both good options. Aside, you know, kind of thinking outside the box, um, not a bad thing to consider, say, the Xiaomi, uh, which JB Hi-Fi have. Like, they've got a bunch of different models. They're excellent. Really, really, really good quality. Um I'd probably stay away from the Oppo for you because you know Android well. Oppo's operating system is very much kind of a pared-back, simplistic version of uh, of Android. Um, so, Matt, I, honestly, my my mind is A71 uh, from from Samsung at that 700 odd price point. We'll stump up an extra couple of hundred and get yourself. In fact, you could probably get the 71 cheaper at the Samsung store. So, oh yeah, yep. I mean, Christ, that mate, that's. That's going to be your best deal is the A71, which is 749 in retail. If you're getting some special deal that us underprivileged aren't getting, <laughs> um, then I'd probably get the best deal you can on the A71, mate. Uh, very good. Thank you. Happy shopping. And uh, let me know what you're buying and, uh, and why, mate. It'll be good to hear from you. That will do. All right. Thanks for getting in touch, buddy. Cheers. And if you've got a question like Ben about anything tech in your world or anything else, just get on the website, EFTM.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Trevor, along with you, if you've got a question about anything uh, happening in the world of technology, cars or lifestyle, get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com. But the big news this week, and I've literally just signed up to binge 
I don't know what I'm going to binge, but uh, maybe my next guest will tell me. Julian Ogren is the CEO of Stream Motion, the CEO of KO, the CEO of Binge, all interlinked because they're all one big organisation trying to get us watching more stuff. Julian, welcome. G'day. How are you, Trevor? Yeah, really Exciting good. Day. It, it's a big day for you. It's a big week for you. Um, on the weekend, you, you announced the new uh, the new platform. This was not breaking news because obviously we knew it was coming. In fact, you and I spoke at the um, the one-year anniversary of KO about how this would be the next big thing for, for Stream Motion. Just Can you just, for the for the average Joe out there, explain who Stream Motion is and why KO and, and Binge have the same CEO, for example? Yeah, look, we are... <coughs> We actually uh, Stream Motion is uh, is uh, an internal business unit of um, of Fox, you know, of a Foxtel Group. And what we are, what we built um, uh, with the launch of uh, Ko is a is a world class uh, streaming and digital B two C platform. And um, you know, this has been a journey for us for for the best part of two years. Um, it started with the launch of of Ko. Uh, 15 months ago, and when we when we launched uh, Ko, it was uh, it was re- very much a blank canvas of making sure that everything from your sign up journey to your watch experience to how we curate and you know present uh, all the all the content to the user that the, the user experience is you know best in class and and then uh, and then coupled with all of that is you know around this amazing self serve platform so. You know, you should be able to look after yourself. We make it that easy that you you uh, enjoy it uh, on your terms. Is it safe? And is it safe to say that both platforms, because uh, Ko is obviously the home of everything sport that is under the, the the Fox Empire, but it's a new way of getting access to it. Is it safe to say binge is the same thing for all the other st- style of content, drama and entertainment, and those kind of things? Look, it's look, the the amazing part of um, what we've been talking about, um, you know, in the in the launch announcement uh, over the weekend, which is really three three key things. Now, well, what you're getting with binge is the best drama, entertainment, and movies under the you know from the world's best creators. We're talking about HBO, BBC, FX, NBC, Universal, and and our you know wonderful deal with. Um, uh, with Warner Media, and uh, you put all that together, we're an aggregator of all of that amazing content. Then you wrap that up around our product experience, and the, and you know that's the quality stamp we've we've proven with um, with the Ko platform, and we've won awards with with the Ko uh, streaming service uh, in Europe. At Sports ATT was voted best uh, sports streaming service in the world. So all of that's really underpinned by that um, platform. But then the third piece, which really brings it together, is this amazing brand. And, you know, we started with, well, the name itself is amazing, but you can see in the the design, it's all about warmth and energy. And what we want to do is get the, the emotional benefits of binging, of sitting on the couch and, you know, that heavy day at the office or you put the kids to sleep. You want to lose yourself, escape, and, and just binge, you know, on on, on your favourite shows. So all of that together is uh, something we're, we're very excited about. Now, I've signed up uh, literally 20 minutes ago, downloaded the app on my phone, and here's the thing. I've just logged in to binge on my browser while we talk, and I have a very, very simple question for you. What do you know about me before I sign up? Is it because my KO account and my binge account are in some way linked that you're able to tell me that I'm going to love Seinfeld, Modern Family, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Silicon Valley, Ballers, Sopranos, and The Wire? Because they're the things that appear first on my screen, and it's freaking me out, Julian. 
Well, look, first and foremost, or am I just the is, most average person ever? You might be as predictable as uh, you, yeah, you might be very predictable, mate. Okay. Um, look, it, but it is it is about that. It starts off with the fact that you know we do know um, because we've got your email address and you've signed up and you're a registered customer. We don't we want to make sure the single sign-on capabilities are there to improve that user experience. Um, so you know we do understand who you are at that at the basic level of account management. And it is only day one, but we are a data-driven business and we will, you know, as we get into weeks in, in the first weeks and months of, of going live, you know, it will we'll be able to present to you on your homepage, um, you know, content that uh, you, will, you may find interesting. What we don't want to do is our research has shown that, you know, the old algorithmic approach of because you watch this, then you're like that. Um, we've actually seen some negative research around that. Right. So we've just got to make sure that, you know, that it's really sort of it is picking up how how much you've consumed the data, did you like it, and then you sort of sort of come you start to recommend new shows from there on. Do you have any information based on the industry or are you learning as you go as to what will be core? Is it is it the old school stuff or is it new stuff that people will keep their subscription for? Because, for example, you've given me a free two-week trial like everyone else, but after that I'm paying 15 bucks a month here for two screens in HD and I, I can see myself being involved here for at least six to eight weeks just getting through ballers, curb your enthusiasm, maybe Sopranos. So, but after yeah. that, is it the new stuff that keeps people sticky or is it the depth that matters most on a platform like this? No, it's, it's ticking all those boxes Trevor, and that's one of the things that we believe is so strong about Binge. One of the things that we, what we say is that we believe this product is a must-have product that sits alongside uh, the existing and established Netflix uh, subscriber. Now, to to better answer that, you you know, the context of the market today is there's four to five million streaming households, mm-hmm. of which Netflix is is a, is a major player in that in that respect. In the next three years, you've got um, uh, its forecast to double to 85% yep. um, household penetration. So what we're bringing to the table is really three categories of content. There's the there's the content that you know and love. They're all the classics, the evergreens. I've got to watch that again. It's rebootable. You know, that that's that one. You've then got um, new and returning, and this is really key because new and returning is all about fresh stuff. So returning seasons yep. um, and new shows coming out. Now, with the with the strength of the studios that I just mentioned earlier, the you know the, uh, we're talking about a hundred new and returning shows coming out in the first year. So there's always something for, for to keep people entertained. And then the third element really here is the is the is the is the new stuff that's new to you, or, or sorry, existing content that's new to you. Right. And that's just you know there's so much good content out there that. You know, I give an example of The Americans, which has, you know, it's in its sixth season, still winning, still winning awards at the Golden Globes, um, but people are discovering it for the first time and how amazing that that series is. And there's many more like that. So, so you so you got to tick those three boxes to get that depth and breadth and the new shows coming through to really sit there at the at the expectation of the experienced streamers. And and it's interesting that you. Uh, very clearly don't see yourself as I, I, I sense you don't see yourself as taking on the market but becoming part of and complementing the market so that the idea of saying you know binge here to take on Netflix is actually wrong it's binge here to, to join 
Netflix, Stan, Disney, everyone as being part of this revolution. That's exactly right. And, you know, I think the um, ultimately what do people want to do? They want to be entertained and they want to be, they want to, they want to have access to the things, as I mentioned, the things they know and love, but they also want to get that fresh stuff. So uh, ultimately, um, you, 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 you're adding a, another string in the bow of the, of, the, of the binge household. How important are platforms? Um, you know, you've launched a very strong base, uh, very similar to KO, uh, you know, Apple TV, Chromecast. Um, you're coming to Samsung TVs very soon because you've already done that with KO. But mm. I, I would argue that the strength of Stan of, of recent years is because even LG and Hisense and there's other. So how important is growing those platforms quickly? Given you locally develop, you've got your team in-house, how much yeah. pressure do you put on, on delivering those platforms? Because there's so many TVs out there that aren't Samsungs um, yeah. that, that could give you huge numbers in, in a very short yeah. space of time. No, absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a top priority for us. And, you know, I can assure you that in the next... Um, you know, in the next three months, that's going to be our priority now is to yeah. get the next wave of all those TV applications supported. We've already got Android TV. Um, we've got Apple TV yep. for the Apple TV lovers. Um, as you, you're, you've already mentioned, Samsung TV coming up. Um, but, you know, we'll look at Linux TV, um, the Sonic, all those uh, all those brands coming up as well. So, you know, we, we don't want to leave any 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 device platform behind. We're also looking at X, Xbox and PS4. Apart from the content, um, what, what do you see as a point of difference? Uh, I remember in the uh, launch announcement last week you were talking about something that felt to me like the, the Google uh, I'm feeling lucky button um, surprised me. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that a real feature or is that just a nice thing to be able to, you know, set yourself apart from the rest? Yeah, look, I think it's... I think the point of difference, you know, I, I, we talked about the point of difference about the emotional elements of what the brand will do, but mm. those brand experiences, like you mentioned, are all just things that actually just warm, it just warms up that experience. So I'd even go down to, you know, when you when you open up the, the you know, whether you open it up on your laptop or on your tablet or phone, mm. you'll see that the artwork on the poster imaging you know, for our hero shows, is a, we've, we've specially curated that in-house and we'll continue to do that because it's all about engaging you in and drawing you into that amazing experience. What um, surprised me is about, I just don't want to scroll. Um, you know, we do have a long-term vision of killing the scroll. So, you know, if we can replicate that old surf mentality of channel hopping, but you actually just press a button and go... Uh, no, I'll no, go to the next yes. one. Next one. Yes, exactly. So, so you talk about that the the, the stopping the scroll, uh, and you also call it unturnoffable. They, yeah. They're the two things that stood out to me in terms of marketing. So, you know, eighteen months away, two years away. Do you think that when we when we log on to binge app or website or whatever we're doing the the TV app, whatever it is, it'll essentially give us it'll know us so well and the things that we watch so well that. We'll only really need to choose from a couple of things and it'll be something we want to watch and we'll be there. We'll be ready to rock and roll. No, exactly right, Trevor. We are, as I said, we're ultimately we're a data-driven company and we, we really get, we'll get a really good handle on, on consumption and, you know, where there is always sh shows that actually surprise the industry. You know, you've got shows that the industry is pushing, but I'll give you one example. Chernobyl um, totally caught the, the entertainment industry by surprise. True, yep. and now And now it's an IMDb. Uh, top 10 show of all time. Wow. Um, so, you know, they're, they're the things that you've got to be able to pick up really quickly and then just push that back out to the 
to the subscribers and go, hey, everyone's watching this. You should have a look. So, Well, it's impressive. I mean, as I said, I've literally only just logged on in the last uh, 20 minutes, uh, but the website looks great. The app looks great. I agree with you. The logo is is compelling. Um, the name sticks sticks in people's mind. And I think here's what's fascinating for me. I, I think the target is is people who have long wanted to find these shows but maybe couldn't afford a Foxtel subscription. But the crazy, and maybe I am a singular idiot here, but the crazy thing is... I have Foxtel, yet I have not watched Chernobyl. I've not watched Ballers, and I've watched that on the plane for years, but I'm a season behind. It's fascinating to me that I think I am like many users of Foxtel, that I actually don't use Foxtel in that on-demand capacity. So this is actually making it a more, I guess, usable experience for me because I'm so used to using Netflix or Stan. This is the way I now watch content. Look, it's I just keep coming back to, you know, we're going to go for a whole new audience. We're going to try, you know, there's four and a half million streamers and it'll double in the next three years. And we want to go for that, you know, the, the incremental uh, audience that's going to grow. Um, Foxtel strategy is all about all in one place. It's that premium experience. And, um, you know, it's really catering to different audiences, uh, different products for different audiences. So we're very excited about, you know, the growth of the streaming market and what we can tap into with, with binge. Just finally, before I let you go, it would be remiss of me not to ask you about KO. Um, I remember uh, around the year, Mark, maybe it was around grand final time last year, we were talking, you know, three to 400,000 subscribers. How has KO um, c- held itself up or, or struggled in the in the COVID-19 crisis? Yeah, well, you, um, I think Robert Thompson uh, did announce it um, a few weeks back. So, you know, you can see, you can see that it was, you know, he announced that there was about 470,000 active customers uh, at the time of um, the COVID isolation started in late March, so it was really hitting its straps, um, and and has still managed to hold up. You know they've, um, you know they talked about uh, two hundred seventy thousand plus uh, uh, paying subscribers at that point at the end of June. So you know it just shows you when there's no live sport, people were looking for entertainment of any sort, and uh, there was a lot of sports fans there just trying that still wanted to see sport and. We can see now with the excitement of football coming back that, um, you know, the beauty of the, of the KO and the binge platform is you can just touch a button and you're back in. Once you're registered, you're, you're a registered customer and you don't need to start again with any of your services. Just come back in. This is going to be an epic few months then. With sport back and binge uh, just hitting the market, you've got a, you've got a very uh, exciting couple of months ahead, Julian. Um, always good to catch up. Congratulations on, on the launch and uh, look forward to following it with great success. Thank you very much, Trevor. Whew. So many calls. I love hearing from people. I've got a lot of emails to get through, um, but please don't hesitate to send an email, especially if it's not about tech. I'm happy to chat about other stuff. I don't care. Anything. We've kind of created this situation where the platform is tech, but EFTM is everything. So... Just If you just want to chat about lockdown, I'm happy to help. Happy to chat. We might come up with some great ideas for the future of the world together. Uh, go to the website, eftm.com, click on Ask Trev, and uh, we'll go from there. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for downloading, and thank you for now at the end of the show going, oh, that's right, he wanted me to leave a rating. So just stop whatever's happening. Pull over. I don't care. Whatever. Stop this, this, this podcast in a moment. Don't go to the next one because I know your podcast app is probably sending you straight to the next show. Stop it now. Leave a rating, a review, and take a screenshot of the of the app with the little, you know, EFTM podcast logo 
and uh, share it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you are, uh, and tag me. That'd be awesome. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Back again soon. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM.